This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Jack Grealish, perception for me that he irritates you. Can't see him his biggest fan, no. I don't really see him having improved much, if any at all. Not even under Pep? No. Not at all. I think his stats may be worse. Grealish is described as a maverick. I don't know what a maverick um, is. If you're found guilty right. of all the financial fair play, what do you think should happen to him? I think the Premier League have got themselves into a bit of a shitty position here. Deduct points. I think they've got to. Welcome to episode 10 of Simon and Sunes. Graham, nice to see you good again. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about one of your favourite hobby horses, or the perception was one of your favourite hobby horses, which was Pogba. And I make you right about 90% of the observations you made on him. But Jack Grealish, mm. there's a perception for me that he irritates you. Um, yeah, I think to a point. I think um, the way I was educated in my footballing life was Take as few touches as you possibly can. Yeah. Because the only people that really matter are the guy. The only people that need time and space are the guys in the box who want to score the goals. And if someone runs with the ball before he's picking a pass, that's telling you he's not really playing the game in his head before the ball arrives at him. And, and that's how I see Jack Grealish. I'd like him to pick a pass quicker. I think buying a foul, I think, is the term today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd call it something else, but seems as well standing on his his backside. Uh, I'm, I am, no, I can't see him his biggest fan. No. Um, do you think he's improved a lot? No. Uh, not, not what? Not even under Pep? No. Not at all. I don't because that's that. Pep's stock in trade, isn't it? That's yeah. that's a, that's but what I, everyone thinks is Pep Guardiola gets good players, and he just makes them better, and they come round to his way of thinking, and. And I don't see any changes. Do you not see? I can't, in like, fact, I think I think his stats may be worse at sitting where. What you mean in, in in offensive positions? Yes. But as a player, I think he's I become think, more responsible. Yeah, maybe in terms of you know dropping back, um, more enthusiasm to do the hard yards. That's the yards going back towards your own yeah, goal. Yeah, I mean, I've seen but, that last but, year. You know, you're not buying you're not buying that type of player uh, because he he defends really well for you. I mean, the, the priority for someone like that when you spend over. a 
I think says 100 million, million quid. Yeah. He's going to be the difference in the big games. He's going to be scoring lots of goals. He's going to be creating lots of goals. None of that's happened. Yeah, he's won some big trophies, but I would argue he's in a very, very good team. Yeah. Well, it was after but he, had, he, has, he has become more, more defensively yeah. aware. Works harder. Tracks back. Gets him Yeah, I, I would also yeah. suggest that I think it's all on for him now. He's mm. got that Oscar Bob, who looks to be a fabulous player. And Doko. Mm. Uh, yeah, so, I like him as well. You know, so he's got some competition to be a starter in that team now. It is your irritation, because I, I, do you come from a position where I frame it as irritation, you can frame it how you want, but is it, does it come from a position of expecting more from them? Yeah. Or is it because you get irritated that they're given the amount of attention that they're given and they're not worthy? Well, I think, I think it's maybe born out of, is it Aston Villa, not a great Aston Villa team, so he's on most of the ball, he's the one that's creating, he's the one that's scoring, he was a go-to man in many ways. So you then you get your big move to the top team, uh, and I, I, I don't really see him having improved much, if any at all. His numbers wouldn't suggest that. I think I'm right in saying. Do you think he? Do you think he? Um, he flatters to deceive. Yeah, I thought that as well. I've never, I've never got it, and it's not for me to get. But it's, I don't have an opinion on it, and then I'll talk to people like you and other people that He's work with players. I've always thought that he's never been what people have led me to believe he is. You know, I grew up watching players that could go past players, whether it was Stevie Coppel or whether, mm. whether it was. Lloyd Cunningham, whether it was Peter Barnes, or watching people like George Fress, or even my boy, Wilfred Zaha at Palace. And, but that's not a fair comparison because Wilfred Zaha's at a certain level and Jack Grealish is playing for arguably the best team in English football. Now, right. Wilfred Zaha could have played for Man. Oh, I, I think so. I, I think so. We're getting slightly off. Don't matter. I said on Sky five years ago, Real Madrid should buy Wilfred Zaha. Exactly what I said. Exactly what I said. Well, you're looking for me. Oh, possibly. Yeah. Because... Because if there was one player you didn't want to be one-on-one with inside your box or even in your half was Wilfred's eye. He'd have a oh, fight with you. He'd be aggressive to you. He's lightning quick and he's brave. Anyway, we're getting off, getting off Jack. I, I, um, no, I, haven't, I don't think I've seen any improvement in him. Do you think he gets in the England squad or the England team for the Euros this summer? He'll be in the squad, whether he's starting yeah. or not. You know, I, I just... If you ask a, stri- a striker what he wants, he wants a ball. He wants from me one touch. Into there you it. go. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want me dancing down the line, threatening to put it in, coming back, threatening to put it in, yeah. uh, and then eventually put it in. They want it down the line in first time. Which is what John Robertson did at Forest, didn't he? No, you're talking, yeah. about, you're talking about a proper player. Yeah, absolutely. Most absolutely. underrated footballer of my generation, yeah, John Robertson. Outstanding. At Forest. And every, and every time I see Martin O'Neill, that fills in for you when you the company bothered to come in. Yeah. Um, he, he, I think he positively glows because he's one of his best mates in it. Oh, I, okay. I grew up loving John Robertson. I just yeah. thought he was phenomenal. Not physically, he everything look, he should he have been. It didn't look like he was. But, what a player! But it's exactly what you're saying, which is the make the yard, put the yeah, ball in. He, he didn't have the pace to yeah. get past, but just half a yard, and he could just deliver it. For class. What, do you, what do you think of his expression, Mavericks? Because Grealish is described as a maverick. Well, I'd, but what do you think? I, I don't know what a maverick I'm, is. I, I, I was going to ask you what you think a maverick, a maverick is. would be. Um, Stan Bowles, Rodney yeah. Marsh. Yeah, but they don't win anything. Mavericks don't win anything. Yeah, See, there's point. this myth: the modern game is all about um, the ten outfield players all doing the hard yard, and whatever that may be for a cent and a half year up there and sprint back, whatever. But the teams I play in Liverpool, everyone took part in the game when we didn't have the ball. Right. There was no passengers whatsoever. 
So I don't believe it's a new thing. I think Mavericks were around long before I played, when I played, and um, are they becoming less and less? Yeah, I think so, because it's unacceptable to be walking back when you've lost the ball. But is that, is that Maverick, though? I mean, I think, I think we talk so, about Mavericks because the, the terminology defines a personality and charisma. And I think, like, Macaro is a Maverick. I think Ronnie O'Sullivan is a Maverick. I don't... In football terms, it would be... I've mentioned Stan Bowles, Rodney Marsh, who else would come into that category? But that's people yeah. that don't achieve, isn't it? To some extent. That flatter to deceive, that have got a bit of style about them, a bit of panache. Yeah. They become a maverick, not necessarily a winner. I mean... I don't think you can be described... If you were winning, if you were winning the big trophies in the modern game, I don't think... And would accuse you of being a maverick. See, I think maverick is basically someone who doesn't perform, doesn't conform to the it, status quo. Is that a perform. miss? Is that a miss player? Yeah, I mean that's your interpretation of it. Like I watched the boxing on Saturday, oh, a couple of Saturdays ago. Uh, you can be a maverick as a boxer, surely. Well, sure. Prince Nazim Hamid was a maverick because he comes in the ring, he takes the Mickey out of the opponents, he doesn't do things, he doesn't. But show does the he do respect. the business? He does the business, but your classification of a maverick is someone that bothers to deceive, a ball juggler. He's a ball juggler. And my classification is a personality. I think that Macaro was a maverick because he would have none of it and his personality on the court. Nastasi was a maverick and, and he won mm. things. And Nazim Hamid, and I watched this boxing a couple of weeks ago where you got this young kid, Ben Whittaker, coming in and taking the out of everybody and doing pirouettes in the middle of the ring and then punching the fellow in the face with a left hook. And I think that's an element of maverick. And I think there's, there's a place for it. Higgins was a maverick, wasn't he? Was still is, yeah. I know the late, not Alex Higgins. Is he on that ring? Yeah, well, I think so. Yeah, don't you? The Irishman. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but he won things. Yeah, but it's like a maverick would suggest it's a flawed character. Well, Alex Higgins itself it was. Yeah, but you know, it's like. Do you like Mavericks? George Best was he would describe as a maverick. I described as genius, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, again, flawed. Yeah. Gaza. Gaza. Flawed. Yeah. yeah. Mavericks, but flawed. Does one go hand so in it's, hand? It's not really much of a compliment, is it? See, when I think of Maverick, I think of Brett Maverick, the gum western with James Garner and, and the flamboyancy mm. of it all. And I think of Mavericks on pitch, on a football pitch. I think of people that have unique personalities. But when you distill it down, it is probably Stan Bowles and it is probably Rodney Marsh. So if you're called a Maverick, it's... Not much of a compliment, really, is it? With all due respect to those players that were good on the eye. Well, what we're actually seeing, I think that's the thing in the past. So a maverick doesn't exist in our... A maverick would not be allowed. Tolerated. It wouldn't be tolerated. It wouldn't be allowed in, in the modern game. I, I, did, a, I did an interview um, with Michael Owen um, a few weeks ago, and he made some observations about modern-day footballers. First of all, he made the observation that his generation would thrive in this generation of footballers. Because I'd said to him, how did you win a Ballon d'Or? He scored 20 goals in that season. I mean, people are winning Ballon d'Or, scoring a goal a game now, so you would have been pretty bang average. Mm. And that led him into, um, and hold on a second, our generation of players was far more technically capable and this generation is much more robotic. What do you make to that? I think... I think going back, I think I would have said that for the generation after me. I think that's maybe the generation now 
in 10 years' time would say the exact same thing. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's some magnificent athletes playing football today. because yeah, it's part of the territory. They could easily yeah. go and get involved in athletics and do very, very well at the highest level. Um, but I think... But he says robotic. I mean, athleticism is a requirement now for the game, right? And, and I, I imagine it would have been a requirement in your era, but the difference is there's just different dynamics, different generations. But robotic side of things, that, I don't know, does that mean that no, they're, that, they're not perfect for coached. questions? Not to be coached yeah. that way. You can't cross half wheel and you can't do this. I mean, I, I don't see, I don't see um, robotic football players today. Do you think players are ever coached? I think what you can do today, yeah, I think you can fill their head with too much information. I think the average player, um, you have to keep it as simple and straightforward for them as you possibly can. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You know, I'll give you an idea. I always felt you've got 15 minutes at half time. They come in for five minutes, let them gather their thoughts. Mm -hmm. You speak to them for five minutes and then leave them for five minutes before they go back out so they can take on board what you've said. If you talk, and I'm sure this does happen, the minute they walk through the dressing room door and you're talking for 15 minutes, very, very little of that will have registered. So is that because you wanted feedback from the players? Is that I think because you wanted engagement or you because you because you, you instantaneously understood that 15 minutes was going to be lost on them? Yeah, I think, you know, you're not... You come in and you're thinking about things you should have done. So if it's not going well, things you should have done. Or if it's going well, you think I'm going to do more of the same. Those thoughts are in your head. 
and then there'd be a five minute period where you, you would get the rears and then the last five minutes leave them to digest all that and hopefully it registers when they go back out. Was that the same in every dressing room for you though that you managed? That was, yeah. Really? Yes, I remember. Because you need personalities in, in there. Yeah. What you want from your big players, you want them to get after each other. Well, that's my point. But you, in order to have that, you've got to have big players in there well, in the first place, haven't you? Yeah. Come back to recruitment. Right. Priority. But I mean, if you're a manager and your two big players are, are saying things, you just... And Stand back and let them do it. Yeah. yeah. And then so maybe rein them in if they yeah, get a bit carried away. Can we just go back to Man City? If they're found guilty right. of all the financial fair play, what do you think should happen to them? Um... um I don't think there'll be... What do I think should happen to them and what do I think will happen to them are two different things. So answer me both. Um, I think that they should suffer the consequences if they have committed the acts that... I think they've got a significant case to answer. I've always felt that. And I think lots of people in football think that. And if you speak... And people will say, that's, well, of course they would because they're being disadvantaged by them. And I, and I take myself back into a position if I was the Palace owner, right? And I'm sat in a Premier League with Man City and I'm looking at what they've done and I go... Well, has it affected me? Well, I'm not going to win the league at Palace, right? So it hasn't affected me anyway. And they bought some of my players at top money. So has it affected me? Um, not a lot. But then the system is put in place for people to abide by it. So I'd have that principle. So my attitude is, is do I think they should be stripped of Premier League titles? No, I don't think they should. Because their, their consequences are a matter of timing. Chelsea did the same thing. Just the financial fair play didn't exist at that particular time. So they did the points. same thing. I think they've got to. The question but for me is... But then if you're staying... Deduct points, but not lose the trophies of one. I think the, the difficulty is, is that I don't think there is a... I think the Premier League have got themselves into a bit of a position here right? because they've had to do this and they don't really want to do it because on one hand, they've got the independent regulator breathing down their neck and they see to themselves, we've, we've not dealt with things properly. We've got an independent regulator coming in, so we need to clean house. That's why Everton have got... That's why they've gone boom, teeth on these things. With Manchester City, they've allowed certain ownership models to develop. They've allowed it to happen at Newcastle as well. With nation states owning football clubs, they've invited this problem. And now they've got a problem, which is if they don't show their teeth, then people suggest they can't run the Premier League properly and the independent regulators step in and do this sort of stuff. And if they do do what they're doing, all of a sudden they diminish the Premier League and they're diminishing the Premier League champions and they're devaluing the product. So they've got themselves into a position that they'd much rather not be in. And that's why I think that there will be some deal done and that it won't see quite the light of day that people think it might. Because... And how it, will Everton feel? Well, Everton's is a completely different different dynamic, isn't it? Because Everton have copped to it. Everton have gone, yeah, hands up, Gov. We got it. But by the way, it's because of this. It's because of that. And we should have had interest payments at different rates on the stadium. And But they've copped to it. And Forrest have copped to it. And Forrest have tried to say... Well, we sold a player two months later because we got more money for him. So, we, you know, that's why we did it. Yeah, but you knew that in January. You knew that you were going to run into financial fair play six months later. So you think they'll get away with it? I don't think they'll get away with it. But because of the nature of great influence but and great power... Fine to them is nothing. Well, I know that. Like they were fined by... Well, OK, well, let me turn the question back to you then. If Do, do, do you think they've got a case to answer? I just think it's interesting and intriguing... That's that, the question. That, that it's long get there, but it's, it's gone on this long, and yet they can quickly get the others into court because that's easier. It's just they're denying it. What the principles are is that they're saying Manchester City, all of these sponsorship deals that became income, 
The argument is that's not in, that's not sponsorship and income, that's equity. That's you guys with other businesses that are inflating sponsorship mm -hmm. deals to drop the money Very in. Very simple thing to do. Right, but you've got to prove that. Whereas if your balance, if you're, if you're, who if has you're, the qualifications to make that judgment call? Well, your wafer did, and they found him guilty. And then the Court of Arbitration of Sport looked at it through a different prism, excluded and included different information, and made a different decision. And now you've got the Premier League looking at it. They won't have the same, perhaps, problems that the Court of Arbitration of Sport had, which was time limits, because if it's fraud, fraud in this country has, a, has no length of time in terms of the statute of limitations. But I think if you've got nation states buying English football clubs, they're not buying it because they want to bowl around Moss side. They're not buying it because they want to regenerate Manchester for those in Manchester that can see the benefit of it. They're buying it because they want to image launder. And that means this political promoting this country. I am... Um, I th I'm... And remember, I'm a Liverpool supporter, but I find that, you know, you've got to look beyond what they've done on the football pitch and what they've done in that, that East Manchester. I mean, it's not but, just but about that's, but, but that's what we point. see on Sky Sports on a Sunday afternoon. And some That's done a remarkable job flat park. And, and I agree with it. And some people would say, and it's a really, really coherent argument, well, what the f have they done wrong, right? Let's have it right. They've chucked hundreds of millions into English football which has gone into people's wages, which has paid to the exchequer, which has benefited this mm. country, regenerated an area. So what's the problem here? And there's the balance between the financial fair play. That's the good side of it. Yeah. But then if they've had an, an unfair advantage. It's, I mean, I've always been a favor, in favour of financial fair play, but I think it's too blunt an instrument. I think it needs to be more sophisticated because what you're doing is you're regulating and strangling the life out of investment in our sport. And there's a part of me that wants the sport to be able to be as investable as the guy that comes into mm. it wants to invest in it. The other side of me goes, well, hang on a second, it affects everybody else. Because what happens at the top drips down to the bottom. But and that's the other part of the argument. Yeah, and there'll be people in Spain watching it very closely. Well, what, Javier Tebes and people of that nature that have got their own little problems with English football despite wanting to be, once upon no, a time, the chairman of the Premier League. Mm. But you didn't answer my question. Do you think they've got a case to answer? And if they do find them guilty, what would you want is to see? Is it 100 and how many charges? 115, but that's rubbish. So what, that's silly. Well, if it's they should have just streamlined it into major yeah, if charges. If it's 150, there's a chance that they're going to be guilty of something. 150 is a hell of a lot of charges. 115. Yeah. 15. Yeah, but some of that stuff is just silly. You know, if they were going to go after Man City, then they should go after them on big charges and get rid of this rubbish and not make it a four-act play over 115 charges. I, I Listen, I, I, I personally think a deal will be done. And that somewhere along the line, we'll hear an announcement which says Man City have accepted a great big fine and an X, Y, Z amount of points and everyone moves on. That's what mm. I think will happen. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. I wanted to ask you about a lot's made of the Premier League now. And you said it earlier on about teams winning the Champions League and teams competing in English football, not even really English anymore because they're not even owned by English owners. Half the players aren't English and the coaches aren't English. But we've got more British managers in the Premier League than we've had for a period of time. You know, we've got Wilder, Deitch, Hodgson, Moyes, Eddie Howe. What do you think of the standard of British managers, bearing in mind you were once one? Yeah, I think they're good. I mean, I'll Good by what standard? By Premier League standards. To survive in the Premier League, you have to be good. And okay, there's none of them managing the top, top teams this moment in time, but that could change. What do you, why do you think that's happened, Graham? I mean, there was once upon a time well, why, when why the best is managers our leagues, were English managers. Why are teams filled with foreign players? Now? Well, I'm asking you that. 
you must have a view on it. Once upon a well, time, it was because lazy chairman bought cheap foreign players. Yeah, right? well, that's not the case anymore because wherever the Premier League goes now, whatever, wherever the Premier League team are going now, there is a premium. Even for little old Bournemouth where I live, there's a, when they go to buy something, there's a premium. Mm. And that's because there's that, that much money in the Premier League. But it's like, why is there no... Why is there so few English managers or British managers? It's why is there so few... English players. English players, British yeah. players. So... So this Premier League of ours that we all wax lyrical about and we all turn around and say endlessly it's the best league in world football. It is, I believe. It is, but is it because we've had this influx of everything other than British? No, because they can, they can cherry-pick the best from wherever. There's, there's, how many clubs it's is there? It's English in name, isn't it? So what I'm saying is if we hadn't have had this influx, I mean, we're talking about predominantly now you've said it yourself look at the makeup of these sides you're now looking to find homegrown players you're now looking to find British players so do you think by bringing in the, the foreign coaches that replace the likes of see, people like you that the standard has got higher kind of like I'm not sure if it has because of foreign coaches can I throw this at you at this time the England national team is particularly strong in my opinion yeah is that because of foreign coaches? Now, let me, let me answer that. Is it not because of the influence of foreign coaches on their domestic performances that have made them an international player? Because no, it damn sure isn't what they've done at international no, level and how they've been brought through that. I think it's the quality of the Premier League dragging the best out of you. But isn't that the point I'm making, which is that the Premier League now is made up of foreign coaches, foreign owners, foreign assistant managers, foreign players, foreign scouts, Foreign technical directors. I, just, I mean, I, everything's foreign, right? Informed. And the quality of the players has enhanced it. Now we've got a breed of players that are technically better. So you asked me a question about the international setup, and is this international team anything to do with foreign players? Well, isn't it their, isn't it their exposure to all of the foreign influence from coaching through to the players that they play with that's brought this generation of players yeah. to a level? Yeah, but there's lots of, they've come under the influence of lots of British coaches in the development and most of the first first clubs have been that. I, I, I see it just a... There's that many good players playing in the Premier League now, you just have to up your game. And of course, there will be there will be things that foreign coaches bring that an average British coach wouldn't have, but then vice versa, that'd be the case too. I mean, we have the best league in the world for a reason. It's not just because of all the foreign players that are here or all the foreign coaches that are here. Our public demand is... Our public demand we play our football in a certain way. So they're, they're part of it. You know, I've, I've worked abroad where teams coast through games. Our teams, our supporters don't allow their teams to coast through games. No. Right. I admit that. People ask why it's so competitive, our league. I think it's as much to do with the supporters. Oh, I agree. The, yeah, uh, the way I our agree. supporters demand yeah. the games played. Yeah. And that brings the best out of you as a But player. does it also, I mean, I, I agree. And I think that that was, you know, the idea that when supporters came out of the stadiums, we saw during COVID how soulless football was. Mm. And I do believe that having lived in Spain for years, you played in Italy, so you've seen that. Was, so, was there not a fact, Simon, that all the away teams, the, the amount of away wins teams were having yeah. in COVID? Yeah, because that the, proves the, the home, uh, yeah, home uh, that proves energy wasn't there. Mm. And I do, th I, I do think that's right. I do think that the, unique, the English fans provide a unique atmosphere and a unique mm. set of expectations. And, and the away travel and the tribalism of British sport brings out... And there's still elements that are not... Yeah, very nice marginal and we'll let certain segments of the media make a four-act play out of the mm. individual instances that go on which were nowhere near 
what I grew up with in the 70s and what you played with in the 70s and 80s when football had its real challenges. Do you think, um, do you think, Matt Letizia, I had a conversation with Matt Letizia about, and I thought it was an interesting dynamic, he talked about the England manager or managers of a national side having to be from that country. Hmm. If you, and his argument was, if the qualification is to play for your country, you've got to be English, then the qualification should be, yeah. if you're going to manage a country, then you should have to come from that space, that place. Globalisation. In an ideal world, yes, you'd have an English manager all the time. You well, know, we're not globalising the players, though, are we? Yeah. In what respect? Well, well you can again, go anywhere the, in the world to play. Again, the question is this. If you qualify to play for your country purely and simply by the fact that you're an Englishman or a Scotsman, if you have that particular affliction, um, um, and the only See, qualification... I think you're finding life. See, when something is rare, when something is rare... Yeah, scarcity right. sells, yeah? Yeah. Uh, it goes up in value. Yes, guess it's just like, Yeah. So, there's, there's 60 million English people. Yeah. We're like a, a rare stone where there's only are you, are you less than off, 5 you, million you, of us. You're taking my barber back, Scotland. There's only 5 million of us. Right, okay. 4,999, too many. <laughs> um, but um, do you think, though, again, I make the point because I think it's an interesting point because the globalisation argument, yeah, I get it. But I think there's something in Letizia's observation that you should have to be in the ideal world yeah in the ideal world mm. you would have an English manager or a Scottish manager only but that's you know we're in a, a free market everyone wants success yesterday so if the you know the latest coaching genius comes along and England are having a difficult time England would go for him yeah it just made my thought process change because I was in the camp I've always been in the camp I don't care who manages no, the team as long as the team Irish on the pitch wins. Well, I think the Irish supporters yeah. are things like that. It's likely, Gray, that Southgate will probably finish. And I think if they win the, the European Championships, he'd go out on a high. Mm. If he loses, I think he'll go out by public demand. Um, so either way, he's going, you mean? Well, I have mixed emotions about him. I think he's done what he should do. Never won anything over above what they could yeah, I'd agree with that. I think he's super cautious. I'd like to yeah. see them off the lead and really go after teams. Um, I, that's, it's a bit like Liverpool job, Simon. I think whoever gets that is walking into a really healthy situation. There's a really strong group of English players you have now. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see the timing of it. If he, I mean, obviously the timing of it. I, I could see Eddie Howe managing England. I think he would be okay for the FA. Yeah, he's... Um, He'd be okay for the FA because he wouldn't cause them any good in front of the camera, yeah. isn't he? Sensible. Really good in front yeah. of the camera. Sensible. There you go, getting a Scotsman mm -hmm. to talk about England. That's it. That finished. That's it. Finished cut. Put more <laughs> ahead. Right, that's it. Episode 10, all wrapped and done. See you next time we're out, which will be one o'clock on Monday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.